Hello and welcome to Better Words. My name is Caitlin and I'm just a bookish babe. <laughs> I'm Michelle and I'm from the Unfinished Bookshelf. And we are Better, Better Words. Words. I haven't done that in a while. I like it. <laughs> I know, it's good. <laughs> okay. Um, so we have actually just spent the last oh, 20 minutes at least just talking and not actually recording the podcast and I just went to get this and drink of water and told Michelle's boyfriend Jack that we haven't even started yet and he was like oh <laughs> because we have for once we have the the door to my study open because it's still so a heat wave um it was it's like the fourth day in a row we've had above 40 and it's so sticky and we need the air conditioning to be coming into the office yeah. and so Jack's not able to watch tv uh while we're doing that so I think he was hoping that we'd be finished by now but we're not yeah. um but yeah. it was really we're not nice. even 20 minutes in we're was, like a minute in it was really nice though because <laughs> we both needed to vent a we needed bit. to vent and it's actually not that often that we get together to talk in person these days and we're not either recording this podcast or talking about this podcast yeah, so it was really nice it was good yeah. um yeah so it's really good and I need to stop saying um and I've just become really aware of it <laughs> what <laughs> well, have you been doing what, lately you're editing this episode so you'll hear you're all um 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 um, um. oh gosh <laughs> yes actually this week so this week listeners um I'm a little bit nervous actually because I'm going to Townsville um for work so I will Excuse be away me, why are you nervous oh, let me get to it okay I'm going away um, from Sunday morning until Wednesday morning. So Michelle has offered to edit this week's episode. So I usually edit this episode and do our show notes, which you can see on our website, um, and do our newsletter, which you can sign up to on our website. You really should. It's great. Yeah. And, um, like upload it to iTunes and all that, all that so that you can listen. Um, I've been doing that for every single episode because Michelle takes care of other things. And now she's offered like to do it. Not much, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. But um, so she's offered to do it for this week's episode. And I'm, I'm just a little bit nervous. I feel like I'm letting it go. And like, It's your baby. Well, because like, I'm going to have to show you how to use Libsyn after this. After yeah, I know. But like also, can you please keep in mind that I edit things I know. for my job and upload them to the internet all the time, like on a daily I know, basis? I don't really know why I'm nervous, but like I'm just... I'm not doing it, and I'm let, yeah. I'm, I'm don't, no, I don't have okay. control. I get, it. Yeah. I get that when when it's your thing that you've had control of, it's hard yeah. to it's hard to let go. So I get that, and I like that you're trusting me with this, and we can um, both share the load a little bit more. Yes. Well, I'm hoping for this because actually, this I said to you that this would be practice because I'll have to take care of the podcast while you're away in June. Yes, June. June. Yeah, I almost said July, but I thought that that was wrong. Well, I will also be Whatever. away anyway. in the first week of July. Anyway, when at that time when you're away, I'll be taking care of the podcast, just like I did last year when you went away in October. And you did an amazing job. Yes, and I will do an amazing <laughs> job again. But um, I'm planning an overseas trip with our friend Indy from Taps Life and Books, and I'm going away this October, which means that Michelle's going to have to take care of everything because... I love you, but I won't really be giving the podcast a thought. <laughs> Which is fine because who does that when they're overseas? I think all I did was take, send a few photos in because I had met up with guests that we yeah. had had done or like 
I had taken a, a bookish sort of photo that we could use. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited, though, for you because it's going to be really fun. Yeah. And it's also happening um, kind of when my uni's over, so um so you'll have I more will, time I will, um, I will be fully focused on our podcast okay be great um on on that this is usually when we, we just keep chatting jesus um this is usually when we talk about our consumption as we nickname it so <laughs> what we've been up to reading I've been watching thinking about exactly. that more and more lately and literally all I do is I'm either listening to something or I'm reading something or I'm thinking about reading something like my life is consuming media Yes. And creating it. but Well, yes, yeah. exactly. Our lives are not just consuming media, but creating the media because we both work in the media <laughs> and have our blog and this podcast. It's literally our entire life. Media. Oh. <laughs> yes. um, anyway, so I just have to mention again because today is actually Thursday and we're recording this before, like, before the weekend, before I go away. Um, and I mentioned it when we recorded that introduction for this week's episode two days ago, but I'm sure I'm still going to be obsessed by next Wednesday, and that is the musical episode of The Flash. <laughs> I'm still listening to it on repeat, and I know all the words, and I have started daydreaming about making my brother learn super friend with me, and he can do Barry's part, and I'll do Kyra's part, and we can be, like, super friends. I think that's really cute. Yeah, I feel like I could become internet famous, except that the episode came out like a year ago. So if we'd done it then, we might have had a better shot at becoming YouTube famous for it. Oh, uh, you know what? I think anything can go viral at any time. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway, yeah. so there's that. Um, I went to the library on my lunch break on yesterday. Yes, yesterday, because it was Valentine's Day yesterday. <laughs> yes, because I saw your snap and it was like, oh, yeah, I saw your um, Insta story. Yes. Just as I was on Instagram posting about going and having, like, treating myself to, like, a really nice cake and everything and getting out of the office and having, like, a pot of tea and everything, I was like, ah, oh, we're so close. We should have gone up. I know. I didn't think about it at all, though. I know. I, I went to the library and returned um, both of Vicky Albertalli's books that I had just been hoarding. Which and, means I can now borrow them. Yes. Sorry. Um, but I did borrow Gemina so I can read continue to read the series before Obsidia Obsidia comes out out, which I probably won't finish it before then and I probably won't read Obsidia right away either but I'm trying to get back my commitment to the (laughs) series um I also borrowed another book which I'll mention when we actually do this week's discussion because it's non-fiction hint hint hint. uh so the other week um I'm saying other week it was like last weekend but by the time this goes up, it'll be like weekend before. I had four days off work, which was amazing. Um, and I consumed a lot of stuff, um, books among them. But I watched a lot of movies for for like the first time in ages. It's know, very rare for me. On TV, yeah. I forget to watch movies. And you know, I can just I find it really hard to concentrate in movies because I get a bit bored. Also, I have that. If you've seen that meme where it's like. Uh, want to watch a movie and then it's Boo from Monsters Inc. falling asleep. Yeah. That's me. Uh, so every time I put on a movie, I like fall asleep and I just don't, it's like I don't have the capacity to just like sit down and watch a movie all in one go unless I'm doing something else. But I watched a couple of really good movies over my weekend. One was Room, 
Uh, oh, good. Yeah, which is... Did you just love it? It was really, really good. Different from what I expected. I don't know. I I think it was different from what I expected too. Yeah. Because I remember being surprised that they were like free and the movie still had like yes. an hour and a half to go. I didn't, I didn't think that the freedom would be so early on. Yeah. But what I really liked is the way that it then move from like that situation to exploring life after and I was pleasantly surprised by that I liked that discussion um I thought it was really cool um I've done no research on this so the little kid Jacob Tremblay thank you was amazing loved him so much I think he's like the youngest person to ever be nominated for an Oscar he was so gorgeous I think oh this is probably going to be so wrong but I think he was nominated for like supporting actor yeah probably yeah he was brilliant though um such a beautiful character and I thought he played it really well like a mix of this naivety and um, this wonder at the world when he got out and stuff. And yeah, Ray Larson still, was amazing. But still being like, oh, how we would be like, when are we going back to Rude? Yeah, yeah. like the, and the complex. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really interesting. And I think, yeah, just all, I think that's one of those situations where having low or no expectations means that you yes, really, really enjoy it like, because I didn't expect it to be that good. So it was way better than yeah. I thought it would be. For a movie like that, I'm kind of glad that I, well, I have never, but that I didn't read the book before. Yeah, because I'm, I feel like I'm glad in a book, you know, all of those feelings would probably be a lot more explored, and you might be disappointed by the movie. Yeah, but I um, actually I haven't because because I didn't get into the hype. I don't know what people thought who read the book as well, and yeah, now I'm kind of interested to I, see that because I didn't really pay attention when it first came out. I just remember seeing it everywhere. Yeah, and I wasn't really into reading it then and even now, like, you know, some movies you watch that are books and you're like, oh, I really want to read the book now. Like Brooklyn was that for me and I was like, I have to read the book now because I loved this story so, some so you watch much. And you're like, okay, yeah. good. I was like, I I'm satisfied. I don't need to read the book. Yeah, yeah. I'm satisfied with that. Um, but it was, it was really, really nice. Uh, the other one I watched was – a Netflix special uh, called 1922 based on a Stephen King novella, um, which was really interesting because it's kind of got the classic, like, Stephen King horror chilling vibe to it, but there are actually only a few places where it's really graphically horror and I think if you're like me and a bit squeamish, mm. but still kind of intrigued by crime and horror, then this is probably a good one to watch. So the story is about this farmer in the 1920s. His wife wants to sell part of their land and suggests that maybe they get a divorce. And instead he's like, uh, hell no, and he decides to kill her and enlist okay. the help of his son. Oh, of course. Yeah, as you do. Jeez. And that's quite early on and, you know, that's actually not like the plot of the movie. The plot is then what unfolds after that, Mm -hmm. which seems like a bit of a curse and that kind of shows the futility of what he did and how his life unravels as a result of this one decision that he makes. And it's just really beautifully filmed, as I think most Netflix specials are. Yeah. They do really good. 
Also, is there anything creepier than a cornfield? No, not really. Yeah. So I think I found the cornfield so images. Like a, you're just like walking through a forest and then you see like a log cabin. Oh, it's yeah. Close second. Because you know what happens when everyone goes into the woods? Like half of them die. Yeah. So or if, if you're listening to true crime podcasts, they're going to find a dead body. Like everyone's like, yeah. let's go hiking. Oh, what's that? Is it a mannequin in the woods? Oh, no, it's a dead body. Mm. Mm. Okay. Should we get on to this week's discussion? Yes. I think okay. that would be good. Good. It's really timely, actually, because you just borrowed nonfiction. I've been reading heaps of nonfiction. So I think it's a, it's a good time. Thick chat on. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think the first thing would be like, I guess, to discuss how we feel about reading nonfiction and like if that has changed over our lives. Um, I know personally that I, I guess I always thought of nonfiction as like textbooks. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I was going to say that. I like, Nonfiction equals boring. Yeah, nonfiction <laughs> is boring. It's like textbooks and like, you know, encyclopedias. I need it for this school assignment. Yeah. Not well, that I ever approach my school assignments like that, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean going to like the nonfiction section. Also I think I always thought that it was like you know, you go past the nonfiction section of like a bookstore or whatever and it's like, well, not now. Now I notice the rest. But like, you know, there's like war and like history like novels or books or whatever you know and it's just like it all seems boring so I'm not into that kind of thing. yeah exactly I guess it I guess the thing I can kind of compare it to is when my dad like years and years and years ago when I was a younger teenager was like maybe you should be a journalist and I was like oh, I don't want to read the news on tv that is just not me Mm. because I just didn't realize there was way more options available and I think that's how I feel about nonfiction. is like yeah. I saw those books I saw those history books and I was just like mm, battles and you know, dates no. yeah. you know now that you say that it's kind of funny because I remember watching like in tv shows and movies and stuff whenever people worked in marketing they didn't even call it marketing they called it advertising and it was like making up jingles and it's like I mean, I love music and musicals or whatever, but I can't bloody write music. So yeah. I never, like, considered it. And then when I was playing for uni and stuff, and it was like, what do oh. you mean marketing? <laughs> like, yeah, what like, is marketing? Oh, there's actually something completely different <laughs> exactly. from advertising. Yeah. So, anyway, what do you think the first, like, non-fiction book that you would have read was? Like, that I picked up and read for fun? Oh, yes. Or, mm, Actually, I think it probably was when I was in high school uh -huh. and I don't know the name of it, but I think it would have been a, a memoir of a Holocaust survivor because that was probably one of my most fascinating things to study in modern history, in history at yeah. school. So when I was doing my assignments for that, I came across, so obviously there was the history books that I was using for my essay and then in the same section, I came across some of those uh, survivor stories and stuff. Yeah. And I, I cannot remember what they were called, but uh, I, I think there was one it was called Ella or it had Ella in the title and that one was quite a little book and I read that like, overnight, just gobbled up. It was so good. But I've actually never read Anne Frank's Diary. Oh, That's I have one that, that puts one. me off a little bit because – 
it's odd because mm. I feel like, you know, a lot of people say that, like, of Diary of Anne Frank is, like, it is moving and, like, it is really interesting to read from her point of view. But I remember when I was actually reading it, I had sort of tried to, like, look it up and I, I borrowed it from the library. But in sort of looking it up, I had heard that there are multiple different, like, versions and editions because when it was originally published, some of the other sort of more risque things that this 13-year-old girl was, like, exploring about herself and, you know, learning for the first time and all these mm. things were removed from the book. And I have no idea if the one I read was, was which like, one. her, yeah. you know, because, like, her, I guess, the most original can be whatever has mm. been published, um, but I don't even know if that's the version that I read. Anyway, um, but the first, what I was going to say is I think the first, like, non-fiction book that I the one that sticks out in my mind is like being the first one that I read was actually Roald Dahl's memoirs because mm. my aunt got me for Christmas when I was maybe 14 or 15, like a full set of Roald Dahl. So it's like a box set of all of his children's, like his children's collection. Um, and then like a copy of the BFG because it was the only one not in the set <laughs> for some reason. Um, and then like a, um, a set um, that all have beautiful matching covers um, of most of his adult work. So you've um, got his short stories and stuff. Yeah, they are my favourite. I've, I've I read a few. So much. I need to read. I need to read more. But I've got a few of them. And I've read them. Um, but included in that was Boy and Gone Solo, and I think I read Boy in. 2015, like at the start of 2015, maybe the end of 2014. So that's like second year uni, really. So yeah. not very long ago. Definitely not in high school. I don't think. I mean, I, I went through a I'm, mega non-fiction phase when I was 14 or 15 when I discovered the Beatles. When oh, all I was reading was, was books about the Beatles yeah. and non. But. In so some ways, or a non-fiction. Yeah, see, in some ways, like I, I feel like it doesn't count as my start of non-fiction because it was just something I was intensely interested in. Yeah, and I spent, like, you know what? I'd be so good at maths now if I spent that much energy I understanding know. my maths. Mm. You know, as yeah, I did spending I hours researching what the Beatles said at an interview in Texas in 1964, you know? Yeah. That's I know, I'm trying to think about that. I don't think I read any, any, I don't know. Yeah, it does, I mean, I don't think I did. I think Boy was sort of like the first, the first one, um, which I just found so interesting, and this is why most of the non-fic I've read is like memoirs and biographies, mm. because I am so fascinated by people. And, like, you know this, I'm also very fascinated like with sort of these like behind the scenes things, like I always look up IMDb trivia, you know, I'm always looking Which up comes things. in super handy when I don't research things for this podcast. Well, exactly. I don't know how you didn't know Jack Tremblay's name, but I can tell you that he was eight years old, not five years old. Because you know, I can never remember that stuff unless it's a ridiculous fact about the Beatles, in yeah. which case I can be like, well, actually this person wrote this song. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have so much random information in my head, but I always look that kind of thing up. And um, I found Boy so interesting because, you know, I mean, the story that always sticks out when I talk about this book is um, when Roald Dahl was describing when he was maybe like nine or ten years old at boarding school in England. Um, there was a chocolate factory down the street and the men from the chocolate factory would bring like new chocolates that they were trying um, to the boys and like they would get to taste them and, you know, 
most of these children were quite poor and like Roald Dahl's family was pretty poor so we didn't get to have chocolate that often and it was like a real treat and it's just like what do you think that inspired that is like so bucket in the chocolate cute. oh so so sweet and there are so many other um sort of like little bits in there about his family and um you know this I'm I may be drawing this out of nothing but like maybe his dad took him hunting or something that's where like um, you know, Danny Champion of the World sort of came from, all these things. Um, and then Going Solo is about um, more into his adult life. Is he was, um, in, he was the in Second World War? Yeah, in um, the Air Force. Yeah. And that is so interesting because he spent a fair amount of time in Africa. Um, yeah. There are so many amazing writers who did really, like, who did stuff like that during the war, and like just George like, Orwell. And yeah, because, like, especially. Who's the guy who wrote? James Bond, Ian. Oh, shit, I have no Ian. idea. He also wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang because of his oh, time in the Brennan. war. Ian Brennan? That sounds no. wrong. No. No. I'm going to Google it. Okay. Yeah, so Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is sort of based why, on. Why did I get Brennan? Um, Maybe he wrote, I don't know. Um, I'm just going to Google Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. I don't know right. where I got Ian Brennan from. <laughs> I just had a total mind blank. Anyway, I knew that. I knew that. I had no idea that like, Chitty Bang Bang and James Bond were written by the same person. Yeah, exactly. How That's cool is cool. that? Yeah. That's, but, yeah. yeah, you're right. Like, all these, you know, they all have, like, more experience or whatever because, like, the world stopped. They they went yeah. to war. It's, it's fascinating. But it it's fascinating. funny that you say that the thing that you like is people because one of the other questions I was going to try and bounce off was what gets you hooked on a non-fiction sort of book and what keeps you reading. And for me, it's always people stories. Yeah. So I've read a lot of memoirs yep. too. So <laughs> but recently I've read more, like I'm reading at the moment this book called The Radium Girls by Kate Moore, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, you've been if, getting more into like, I guess, I don't want to say situation, but sort of like, I don't know, like case. I don't yes. know what the word is. Yes, which I, should, I, I guess I can just explain it now. The, the okay. other book that I just finished reading and read in two days last week was, or the week before for this podcast, is The Woman Who Fooled the World, uh, which is about Belle Gibson's Cancer Con. Uh, again about people and I think that for me like my job as a reporter is to tell people stories and and my favorite part of the job is telling really amazing stories from really amazing people so of course when I read something I want really amazing stories so the Radium Girls for example is about I guess the start of workplace and worker rights in America told through the case studies of girls who were poisoned with radium mm-hmm. due to the way they used to paint the dials of uh, aeroplane machinery during the war and clocks so that they would glow in the dark and they would put the brushes with radium, which is a radioactive substance, in their mouth and eventually they all started coming forward with cancer and stuff. But the way that Kate Moore has written this book is so thoroughly researched with the girls and their personalities and wow. their families that you it is their story. 
And oh, that sounds so interesting. Oh, it's brilliant. And in the show notes, we'll link to the extract that got me interested in it, which is a BuzzFeed. I actually thought it was an article when I was reading it, and it wasn't until I like spent half an hour reading it, totally engrossed in it, and got to the bottom, and it was like, this is an extract from this book. And I was like, oh, what? Oh, I can read more? But if, you know, if you don't think you have time to read the whole book, at least read this article because it gives a good overview of the whole case, which is just incredible. But, again, telling it through these women and telling people stories is, is what keeps me reading yeah. a book. I mean, what mostly I don't know about what keeps me reading. I think what keeps me reading is, you know, Yes, the stories or whatever, but mainly how I choose um, nonfiction. By nonfiction, I pretty much just mean memoirs. Um, but you've read Everyday Sexism by Laura Bates. Yes, I've read Everyday Sexism by Laura Bates, and it took me nearly six months to read because it's so info-heavy. Yeah. Um, whereas sort of the stories, like I read like Lauren Graham, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, like all of that, like, in like a weekend, yes, you know, just like a nice read, like going through these stories. Um, honestly, all three of those, while great, and I love all of them individually, they sort of have similar, especially Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Mm. They both talked about, um, I guess, like their childhood and childhood theatre, and then doing learning improv and um, at college and. They were both on Saturday Night Live. Obviously, they have different things with Tina. Tina Fey never really worked on Sunday Night Live that long. She, like, went to do 30 Rock. Mm. And, you know, like, which I didn't know. So, like, you know, yeah. all these things, it's interesting and they're very funny. Um, and then you have, like, other people who I just read their books because I love them, <laughs> like Anna Faris, Lee Michelle, Anna Kendrick. Um, one of my – I still call this a favourite and I read it nearly two years ago. No, yeah, two years ago. Um, I haven't read that many by men, in case you haven't noticed, but um, I read Canal Nayars, which is called Yes, My Accent is Real, and he's the actor who plays Raj Kusapoli on the Big Bang Theory. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I just thought the title is great, Yes, My Accent is Real, because I always thought that he was American and just, like, putting that on. Yeah. But no, he is actually from India. <laughs> he came to America for... Um, like for university, um, was studying like science or whatever and got sucked into like the college improv group because he was trying to impress a girl. And then like his first TV gig was the pilot of Big Bang Theory and that show has been going for like 10 years. Watch, that is so lucky. I know. I know it's like, well, it's kind of amazing because he clearly is very good and he had a natural knack for it. But it was just really interesting like how he sort of got into it and then some stories about, you know, the early seasons and, um, how they were sort of related to how he should have known that he should be in show, show business always. Like in the first season there was an episode, I forget who the girl is, but they got like some actor who like he had like a date with this girl in like one of the episodes in the first season and the actor who played her played like a character on like a teen drama sort of thing and he was like obsessed with her. And he was like, <laughs> well, he was like, you know, sort of one of his, like, first crushes, like this character on this TV show because she was, like, a child actress, I guess. And then he was like, oh, my God, I get to kiss her on the show. Like, so excited, I which I just – I would think about that all the time. I think that's so cool. I think that's so cute. But, um, yeah, so I guess most of the – you know, I read about these because these are interesting people. All of the people I just mentioned I found through sitcoms. 
basically. So, <laughs> what's the next question, Michelle? Well, now uh, I thought it'd be cool if we did a spotlight on three nonfiction books we highly recommend. Oh, yes. Okay, so the top three I would. Do you want to go like we'll do one, one at a time? Yeah. So, one that I would recommend. Um, I think would actually be Conley House is really interesting. I feel like maybe I should think about this a little bit more before I recommend one. <laughs> no, I'm going to recommend Boy by Roald Dahl because we've all it does sound amazing. We've all read Matilda or The Witches or I think BFG. everyone's read at least one. Everyone Roald has Dahl. read a Roald Dahl book, um, Challenge Chocolate Factory and Matilda, and you know all that. They're classics, so really like. Everyone will find it interesting and it's yeah. not very long. Yes. Okay, so that sounds that's good. my top one. Um, one which I literally put into your hands and bought my mom a copy as well and cannot stop recommending is Girls Will Be Girls by Emma Rotul. And that is about gender and it is Emma's. very interesting, by the way. I just I'm I'm about a third of the way through it. See, I raced through it. I felt the way that Emma combined her research she's done a lot of research with her own personal experiences sort of felt like we were just sitting down and having a coffee and I raced through it because I found her voice so genuine and funny and she's Irish and I feel like Irish people have a similar sense of humor to Aussies yes and it felt it felt very genuine and warm and friendly and immediately I was just like oh it's just it's just like you're my friend that I'm talking to you and, and you're just telling me your life story and she was great and it's very funny but also really thoroughly researched and um, has a bit of like an academic background as well without mm-hmm. feeling like it's academic and it made me think a lot about my journey with gender as well because uh, when I was little I was very much all about the feminine stereotypes like Myself now looking back is just like, what were you doing? But it's interesting to think of like where I got those Mm. stereotypes from because my mum didn't wear dresses and skirts, but I, until the age of eight, was like, no, short asshole, I refuse to wear pants. I had a tantrum the day that we went to SeaWorld because it was cold and my dad made me wear a tracksuit. He made me wear tracksuit pants and I just threw the biggest tantrum because in my mind, girls wore dresses and skirts. And I am so disheartened by that now. <laughs> At least I've seen the error of my ways. But it's interesting to think about anyway. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I pretty much agree with all of what you just said, except that I guess reading it, um, I have found it a little bit more um, info-heavy. Not to say that it's not interesting, but um, I, I don't know. I am definitely enjoying it. It just hasn't been one that I've been able to race through. Um, that is the good thing I find about nonfiction, you though. You can pick it up is and that put it down. You can pick it up and put it back down. And my new habit uh, at work is to have a lunch break and read on my lunch break, and I've found that nonfiction is one of the best things to read on my lunch break because I can stop and start and not get so invested that I can't pull myself away. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think it's definitely something you can come back to. Okay. The second one I want to recommend is actually Anna Kendrick's because, I mean, I love her, (laughs) but I think her 
like if you're going to read one of these like not celebrity female comedian memoir sort of things, which seems to be all the nonfiction I'm talking about, I did say this when we were planning this episode that I might be underprepared, but anyway. Um, <laughs> you did. You said I've researched this a lot. No, when we first discussed oh, having yeah, this, I was like, first, yeah. I don't think I tried to plan so it would seem like I've researched. Um, no, anyway, Anna Kendra's <laughs> book. Um, while you know about her life and about her you know, showbiz journey and everything like that is really interesting, the thing I think is really fascinating is the way she sort of talks about, um, you know, what it all means because we all know her now from like Pitch Perfect and that kind of thing, but she's done, she did Broadway as a kid and then like had to go back to school and no one cared and was in you know, like a teen uh, movie musical, which I still have to watch. Um, and then, like, went back to high school and, you know, no one at, like no one cared, even though it was, like, at these film festivals and being nominated for, like, these indie awards. And she was like, oh, I'm just... Critically good. Yeah. But not popular. Yeah, and, like, no, no one that, like, knew her, you know, she didn't get back and think, like, oh, I just filmed a movie over the summer, guys. And everyone was like, yeah, sure, like, okay, you know. Um, and I just think that that was really interesting because the line that I will remember from her book is um, the way she talked about her involvement in the Twilight movies and, that, and in turn, um, her role in Up in the Air, which is a movie with George Clooney. Mm. And she's, she was nominated for an Oscar for that role. Yeah. And she says, without Twilight, me and my Oscar nom would have been sleeping in my car. Exactly. So, like, that was an indie movie that was nominated for, and, like, amazing, but, like, she obviously, you know, she was relatively unknown then. It was an indie movie. She didn't get paid that much. I'm, like, I don't know Yeah, well, she would have been paid for it. But whereas Twilight, while well, she had a much smaller role, was pretty commercial and, like, you know, um, very popular um, and her character has, like, always been my favourite. Even before I, like, really saw her in anything else. I remember watching Twilight back when I thought it was, like, good. Um, I actually rewatched the Twilight movies, like, last year, and I was not as disappointed as I thought I would be. But Anna Kendrick is, like, the best secondary character, and she gives an amazing speech at the wedding in the fourth movie. I can gladly yeah. say I've not watched that. But anyway. anyway. Uh, so now you recommend another one. So another one which I cannot stop talking about and I've talked about all this year. I think it was my first book that I read in 2018 and to be honest, it's going to be pretty hard to top as one of my favourite books of the year. It's one of my favourite books of all time and that is Every Woman by Jess Phillips. Uh, it is very empowering, a brilliant, brilliant read and I like to describe it as a battle cry for women everywhere. Uh, it was very inclusive as well. And I just think Jess is amazing. And I wish she were an Aussie politician because we need more like her. If you want to hear, like get a snippet before you actually like invest in reading the book and spending time reading the book, listen to the control alt delete episode, um, the podcast with her in it. And that, that that's what, got me thinking I have to read this book. It was great. I love it. <laughs> yes, I know that, Michelle. Yeah, I know. She's um, like, I've heard this so many times. That's okay. Um, the third one I want to recommend is the most recent non-fic I've read, and that is Unqualified by Anna Ferris. <laughs> and 
I feel like I feel like my choices are sort of lesser in comparison to Michelle's, but no, that is okay. No, that's not like no. I hate it, that comparison. It, I know. I hate because reading them, I love these books and I love these people. And then when I'm trying to stand here and sit here and say this, I'm like, why am I all in my head about these being less literary or academic? It's no, don't think it's that. No, there is it? nothing wrong with oh. it. That's my biggest bugbear, and. It's I'm going to write a blog post about it one day or we're going to talk about it or something. But, yeah, yeah those books more. are not lesser. And also, if you enjoy reading them, that's fine. I know I was just like, oh, I'm glad I haven't watched Last Twilight. But if you enjoy that, that's fine. You do you. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. But um, why I want to recommend Yes, why should I read book? Anna Ferris is Unqualified? You should read it because she's hilarious and because yeah like I don't know if it's just because I listened to a podcast as well which you should also listen to but her book is kind of she tells these stories and then sort of filled with like you know she's in her 40s and she's like this is sort of the things I've learned and she's kind of like don't listen to me because I'm unqualified it's like a thing but it is you know what she says is really interesting about like I mean some of it is funny like she has this list of like people in professions you should never date and it's like actor musician magician and she's like magicians always want to trick you that doesn't seem like someone you should be in a relationship with. you know like all it's all really interesting and I think I don't know I feel like people would learn a little something from Anna Ferris and if that's not why you should read it, then why you should read it is just the way she talks about Sim, which is her podcast host and her best friend um, of like 20 years or something. Their friendship is incredible and they're so supportive of each other. And she actually married him, not married him. She <laughs> officiated the wedding of him and his now wife. That is, his name so is Amy. lovely. Yeah. I know, well, she wrote about that in the book as well. She's talked about it on the podcast, but she got, um, like, ordained as, like, a minister to be able to form, like, civil weddings, you know. I do know what um, that means, yes. yes. <laughs> um, I don't know why I just explained it. But she did that, like, years ago, and she's like, no one has ever asked me to marry them. <laughs> What's that, Jane Lynch? I know. Marrying our favourite, Becca Tobin. Exactly. So yeah. cool. Um, I know. So, I am so torn. I would ask both Jane Lynch and Anna Harris to mar- like to marry me when I get married, and maybe they could just do it together. That'd be yes, awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, she speaks so highly of her friends and so highly of Chris, and it's just amazing. She's amazing. Well, um, my last one is another like amazing woman who I love so much. Again, haven't stopped talking about this on the podcast, <laughs> and it is Girl Logic. You're so <laughs> I love her so freaking much. Also, I actually really want to read this book now because I we finally yeah we haven't discussed Confirmed Kills. <laughs> I finally watched Confirmed Kills, which is her second Netflix comedy special. I think it's actually her third, oh, except that know. we don't have her first one on Netflix in Australia. I watched it in the UK. Oh, okay. Um, either way, it was hilarious, and I just I think yes. she was really funny because a lot of her humor I'll sort of see. When I get around to watching the other one, Freezing Hot. Yes, that one. Um, but a lot of her humour is just really funny about, like, it's all, like, very empowering and then at the same time being, like, I don't know, almost making fun of, like, other girls. Which, for, like, no, this is, okay, so this is the whole thing about 
This is why it's called girl logic because she calls it girl logic. She's like, your girl logic will trick you into doing this. And that's, she kind of explains her concept of girl logic. And that's what the book is about too. Freezing hot, she actually admits she makes more fun of other girls and confirmed kills was her kind of redeeming that a bit and realizing that that wasn't the way to do comedy. But it's still hilarious because it's so freaking relatable. Yes. Like, well, exactly. Yeah, it's I so good and it's so funny. Even the humour that you later on are thinking, oh, that was actually sort of making, fun of, making yeah. fun of girls, even while most of it was kind of empowering, is like, you know, all we the all jokes about like, why do we all want to be mermaids? And then she's like, you have no vagina. Like, how does this work? You haven't thought about it at all. Your hair won't look nice. It'll be all salty and you'll get dreadlocks. And, like, you know, like, it was just really fun. And I think one of my other favourite bits, I think, from that, no, it's from Freezing Hot, is where she's talking about, like, Pinterest and she's talking about how you just go down a crazy pinhole, like, pin, yeah. pin, 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 pin. And she's like, all of a sudden, you're there and you're, like, planning your wedding and all this sort of stuff and, like, the sun's rising and you've been there for 40 hours. Pin, 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 pin. <laughs> And she just gets it. It's so it's so, it's so brilliant. Also, her dog Blanche just gives me life. I love Blanche so much. And you should follow Blanche on Instagram because it's just she's so beautiful. Um, and Eliza's worth following on Instagram just to see all her stories with Blanche. But yeah, this book is really empowering. And what I lo- what my takeaway and what I loved about Girl Logic was that oh, this is Eliza saying. I'm not finished my journey yet, but yeah. here's what I've learned along the way. But also know that, like, I'm not coming to you from a place of being like, I've made it, I'm good, and looking down on you. She's like, yeah. I'm still figuring this shit out. And one of the most interesting and touching aspects of it for me was right at the end where she talks about some horrendous bullying she uncovered. So, so sure, not she uncovered that she endured. She was kind of found, she won a reality TV show called Last Comic Standing, and she was the first woman to do so, and that's kind of how she got her break, but there was some horrific bullying going on behind the scenes because she was the only woman, and then she had to go on tour with the people who were bullying her who hadn't won and felt that the only reason that she won was because she had a vagina. Because she was like the total Not because she was funny. And so then she had to go on the road with them for months at a time and they were hideous to her every single day. And it's it's really interesting to read her take on that. And she eventually stands up to them and it's just like, no, fuck you, you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's something – I think there's something in this book that every girl can relate to, including the funny stuff. Like there is a whole chapter dedicated to – what he means when he texts you and what to text him back <laughs> based on what you want from the relationship. That's which hilarious. is just useful information from girls because we've all overanalyzed text messages from guys. Oh, 100%. I mean, like literally Caitlin and I have done it together mm. from multiple guys. It's not multiple guys. You know what I mean? But we have done multiple. it together. <laughs> And we've been like, what's he mean when he says this? Should I add an emoji? What should I say? Oh. And Eliza just takes it and it's just, and she's just, she's just shameless about, you know, talking about relationships and stuff like that. And I think that's empowering for young girls to see. Yeah. She's just like, you can, you can go and enjoy life and it's wonderful. Okay. I love it so much. Yes. I, I, I can barely tell. Um, before we're 
finally getting back to like games and playing Would You Rather. But um, I think before we do the games to finish, I just want to do top three non-fics that like are on your list that you want to read. I'll go first because I've thought about it. You can think about it. Cool. So top three. Um, I mentioned that I went to the library and borrowed non-fic, so I haven't actually started reading it yet, so I'm including it on this list. But yeah, Chocolate Wars by Deborah Cavery. And, you know, the funny thing is that that and Radium Girls were two books that were on our TBR when we did this, like, ages ago. Yeah, we told each other books that we wanted yeah, to read. Yeah, our TBR yes. episode that we, that we recorded. And now we're both, like, reading them. I know, I love it. Cool. Yes. Um, yeah, so that is one that I hope I feel like there was another I've, book that I told you then that I've since read as well, which is great. But um, I have officially borrowed it, so hopefully I'll start reading it. Um, Actually, props to our library for having some really good, like, non-fiction lately because the Belle Gibson one I got from the library too and I have been hanging out to find that somewhere. So go to Rockhampton Libraries. You're awesome. Yeah. Um, The other two I want to mention is um, the second one I actually have on my shelf. I bought it when we were in Brisbane and I haven't read it yet. Um, Fighting His Love by Susan Carland. I really, really want to read that. That sounds really, really interesting. Quite academic because she's literally an academic. But I really, it says about faith, women and sexism. And I just really want to, because I'm not going to talk about it. No, I'll talk about it when I've actually read it. It sounds great. It sounds great. Um, The other one that I really want to read is Girling Up, How to Be Strong, Smart and Spectacular by Mayim Bellick. PhD. PhD, exactly. So she plays <laughs> Amy Farrah on The Big Bang Theory but um, and was known for, uh, for some of her child and teenage year roles as well. Um, but she actually does have a PhD in neurobiology. Neuro, yes, neurobiology. So this book is literally about, like, her growing up and, you know, becoming a girl and, like, becoming a woman or whatever because she did grow up in you know, in show business, like she was Hmm. a teen child actor. Um, But then literally about the science of it as well, which just sounds like so interesting and so cool. And I also really like it. So that's my top three. What are your top three? My top three are one of, (laughs) I was going to say Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay, but everyone knows that and it's on my list, obviously. So I'm picking three lesser known ones. The first is Doing It by Hannah Witten. She is a YouTuber and she also is part of the trio who do the Bangin' Book Club podcast, which is about sex in YA, which is about, or sex in books, which is about what her book is about. It's all about sex. Cool. Baby. Um, (laughs) So basically it's not just about sex, it's about healthy relationships and it just sounds really great looking at porn and stuff like that. Um, My next one is Because We Are Bad which is by Lily Bailey and it is about her struggle and her life living with obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, Listen to her speak on an episode of Hack and Mm -hmm. it made me really want to read this book. Actually, podcasts are where I get most of my nonfiction recommendations from because I hear them interviewed and I'm like, they sound so great. And then the last one is one that I really should read before March so I can give it back to the person who lent it to me, who is Caroline Graham, who we've had on the podcast. And this is Night Games by Anna Preen. And it is a look at Australian sports. Like I think it's mostly looking at AFL, but it um, talks specifically about some uh, sexual crimes committed by uh, footballers and 
I guess it, it looks at sex, consent and power, but in the lens of sport and sport professional sports players. So yes. I think that'll be really interesting. I remember that now. She gave she gave me that one when we recorded, didn't we? Didn't she? No. Maybe she just mentioned it. Yeah, Either I way, think she mentioned it. She probably mentioned it when we were in Brisbane and, and we interviewed her. <laughs> I was her. like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to read it soon. Mm. We're going back to Brisbane in a couple of weeks. You should try and read it before then. I've just got another one of hers I need to read too. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now on to Would You Rather. I'm so excited. We haven't had a game in so long. I know. So I've got two Would You Rather questions okay. that I wrote, I think, almost a week ago. So I hope they still make sense. Okay. Um, and it's sort of I'll, and I'll just ask you. Okay, okay. Just ask me. So the first, would you rather write a memoir of your own life and ha- you have to be brutally honest about people, like people you didn't get along with, you have to spill secrets, whatever, or someone else writes it, like a ghostwriter, but you have no say in what they can include or exclude or make up and claim as the truth? Well, obviously we're assuming that defamation laws don't exist and I'm a control freak, so I'm writing my own. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather write it and spill on everybody and be like, this is me, suck yes. it. Because to be honest, there aren't many people that I have bad things to say about. So, I mean, we both know I've got a couple, but I feel oh, like if you know, it ever came to it, you I know, it. you know, I've got a couple, and I would mm. happily talk about them. Yeah, me too. But then, like. they're not people that want me in their lives either. So we're all good to go. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> they're probably people who would read the book <laughs> because you're obsessed with me. Oh my god! Oh my god! god. Oh my god. Um, yeah, that <laughs> would be really funny so because horrible. they no, like kidding. We don't think people are obsessed with us. But, um, yeah, I think I'd much rather dish because I think most of my relationships with people are positive. Yeah, me too. I'd rather just own it, I think. Yeah. Because also it would make me really anxious to have someone else having written it and oh, being like, yeah. and being like but, but what did you say? I know. And that would make me more anxious than the anxiety about what people would think of me. Yes, me too. Yeah. That would be worse for me. Yeah. Okay, so my second <laughs> would you rather question. That's a really good question. I love it. Okay, so this is like a would you rather question based on like sort of the, I guess we can call it a trope of like the celebrity memoirs. So you are writing a memoir and you have to include either fitness tips, recipes, or like love and relationship advice. <laughs> Which I'm completely making fun of, even though I've read books with all three of these and loved them because Me I loved too. the people. And it just kind of goes to show that, like, you'll read it, like, if you like them as a person or yeah. like their TV show or like their music or whatever it may be. Yeah. But which, which would you do? <laughs> I think that, like, I just don't know anything about those things. Like, you know, like recipes, what, like melting some chocolate and dipping some strawberries in. That's about like the extent of my, like, I made that up myself and even then I didn't. Um, or fitness, which is like so good old horizontal running. <laughs> um, I think I'd probably go for fitness. For fitness? Okay. I think so. Like if you had to, like if it was those three, you'd do fitness? Yeah, but like I'd. I'd, I'd research it a lot, but I kind of talk about something else that you could do. Um, maybe, maybe like your memoir will have like reading lists and um, yes. comprehension activities at the back oh, or something. 
<laughs> Actually, you know what I do in my memoir that I think would be really cool? On my blog sometimes, or well, I try to do it for most books, but I like to pick a song to go with a, with a book. Oh, yeah. I think if I was to do a memoir and I was, like, splitting up different parts of my life, I would like to pick a song to go oh, with so that. So you have, like, a playlist? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like because, it. like, the way, for example, Jess Phillips' book was split up was, like, you know, the truth about this, the truth about that, and be like sisterhood or work or getting elected or whatever. So you could pick a song that would kind of go with each chapter. Oh, yeah. Depending on that. Can you <laughs> no, guess what I would do? I think you would do relationships. Would you yeah, do relationships? I totally would. I <laughs> am nowhere near That makes sense, though, because you are my relationship guru. But, like, I shouldn't be. You know? Yeah, but you're I, my best friend, so you're my yeah. relationship guru. But, like, I have no idea, really, and I don't think anyone should take my advice, but I also feel really opinionated and educated based on, like, nothing. <laughs> based on, like, podcasts and TV shows and movies and stuff about what people should do in relationships, which is odd because every time I catch myself giving relationship advice, I'm like, what is this really based on? And usually it's, like... The Lady Gang, or Unqualified, or, or Sex in the City, friend, or Friends, or Sex in the City. Like they're the top four. No, but seriously, the Lady Gang is good advice. Like you know, don't text him first, or exactly. things like that. No one, girls, no one text him first. Let him chase you. Exactly. Anyway, but like you know, show that you care. You know, don't. Horrible. Let's not turn this into a relationship. Anyway, podcast. because as we've said, we're unqualified. Yeah. But I would definitely. Do relationship <laughs> advice in my podcast. I just want another question. Yes. What would you call your memoir? Like, it said you are. We're famous from this podcast, and in, you are thirty, and you have to write. You're writing a memoir. You've got a book deal. What would you call it? Oh my goodness! Someone asked this on Instagram the other day, and I had something really good, and now I can't remember what it was. Uh, I think. I would call it overthinking. <laughs> Mine was something along the lines of, of this like same sort of thing, and it was something to do with anxiety. It was like, no, it's completely like my mind is completely blank, and it was so, it was so me. Yeah, I, I think I would either my it would either definitely be a word like that, like overthinking. Or something or it would be like a phrase that's like oh my t-shirt doesn't fit or you know like something like that that's like like an odd phrase I don't know mine would be I think mine would be something and I'm playing off yours a little bit because I can't remember what I wrote mine had the word anxiety in it but I'm playing on what you said mine would be something like can I get a side of overthinking with that or something like that yeah you know, like it would be a phrase, but it would be like something to do with like, my anxiety. Like, yes, Max, and it's real. It would be like because cause my I think I'm, my anxiety is an intrinsic part of who I am, and also has like a lot to do with my story if I were to tell it. So yeah, I just feel like that would be appropriate. Yeah, but I didn't have the word overthinking. I had anxiety. But I think overthinking sounds better. I think overthinking kind of sums me up a little bit. But I also think that if I was ever to write, like, a bit about my life, more of the things that would sum it up would be, like, I don't know. 
nothing to do with that. More about like my own, <laughs> more about this is making no sense. But I think if I was to, if I was to write a memoir, like if you were to write a memoir, it would probably be a lot about like your personal journey and my personal journey, which sounds really dumb to say, but like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas mine would just be about like all my different like friendships and relationships. Yeah. And like how different they were and everything like that. It's funny that you bring this up though, because like, you know how a lot of bloggers and a lot of people that we interact with and we know on Bookstagram and Book Twitter and stuff like that uh, are writing and they're writing fiction and stuff. Mm. Ever since I started journalism, I've thought, you know, like I do really want to write a book, but I want to write a nonfiction book. And I actually have like the best idea for something. But oh, I have, if I'm ever going to write a book, it's already better. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going yeah. to tell you this after. Yeah, me but, too. <laughs> but yeah, like I... I can see myself writing a book, but it would be nonfiction, and I'm cool with that. I can't. I would love if, to do that. Actually, I can't decide if mine would be nonfiction or fiction, <laughs> but the idea to base it on is there. But I really, I don't think it'd be about me. It I would be. It would be like it would be like the Bell Gibson book I just read. It would be would like research a research based thing, or if it was any kind you of memoir, like the most accurate Beatles anthology <laughs> there ever was. <laughs> Oh my god! I was just, just going to say though that like if it was to be part memoir, it would be something like "Girls Will Be Girls," where it's like part Emma's experiences mixed with research. Yeah. Or I think that's what um, because we are bad is like to I haven't read it obviously, but with OCD where it's like her experience and hopefully there's some academic perspective on that. Yeah. Maybe I could do like my experience with the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> And my journey yeah. um, along with some and it could be like research. a really like beautiful book where like you turn the page and there's like a beautiful like all you need is love illustration or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> Caitlin, I love it so much. I want it to be real. Oh, okay. One day. I have a dream to aim for. I love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, where can people find us? Because, you know, I suck at doing a promo for our own podcast. Yeah. So, Follow us at Better Words Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow each of us, Unfinished Bookshelf, Just a Bookish Babe, figure it out. Um, so please sign up for our newsletter on betterwordspodcast.com. It's pretty cool and you get to know what we're reading and stuff because also sometimes we forget to mention things that end up in the newsletter. Yeah, yeah. or we mention something, but we'll mention it weeks after it appeared in the newsletter. Yeah. So you can tweet us about the stuff that you see in the newsletter too. We want to hear whether you've watched it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and also please leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening, but preferably on iTunes because it, like, helps other people find the other podcast. Other people find the podcast because, you know, what? I just, um, while Michelle was looking at that, I was just looking at my podcast app and Dax Shepard has just started the podcast and it's number one because he's <laughs> Dax Shepard. He's number one. All categories, like, Starting a podcast when you've already got a platform is really easy, so you need to help us get up there. <laughs> um, just on that, though, I do want to say that thank you so much for everyone who does tweet us. There are a few people who tweet and retweet our promos every single week, and we appreciate we you, you so much. Thank you so much. But I think You know who you are. <laughs> I think especially this week and uh, our last episode, I'm talking about our episode that just came out yesterday. Yes, with the fabulous Adele Walsh. We've had some amazing response for that episode. Go and listen we're to so it. grateful. But, yeah, I think with that one and our discussion the week before, I really – it's the first time I felt like, oh, like people actually want to listen to this and it's the best feeling because it, it – it help, it kind of drives us to keep doing this because we do this all in our spare time because we love it 
and getting that recognition. Yeah. But like, it's really great. We'll love, it, we'll love it more. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just <laughs> sometimes like today we both had really long days and we were both like, oh, we're so tired, but we're excited to talk about it. But when we're tired, that little like tweet from someone or retweet is like the bit that keeps us going. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We love you and we'll see you next week. We'll, we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye.